Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We're going to discuss the Luke 137 episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to help you understand how to interact with a person who holds the man-made traditional views of what we covered in the What the Flock episode. I'm Jonathan Fries here with Joel Swakowski. Hi, Joel. Hey, how's it going? Well, uh, pretty darn good. Yeah. I think that uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. I think so, too. That was really incredibly simple. It really was. So can you before before we get into that, can you remind us of the verse? Yeah, the verse Luke 137 that we read from the King James Version to start is for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Awesome. So, yeah, what are your what are your initial thoughts on the episode? It was really simple. And this verse means so much more to me now. In such a bigger way than I ever expected because of just the simple work of digging a little deeper into the original language. But it was really simple. Just two quick steps to clear up the confusion. And really, if you think about it, it was the first step of finding another version that really exposed some big issue because those verses from the King James version to the American standard version were alarmingly different. It, yes. it felt like a different passage of scripture. How 100%. So really that first step exposed that there's an issue. And the second step really just confirmed what the issue was And it really helped us see the American standard version was a better, a better, more accurate translation. But even with that, even if I was only reading the ASV, I still need to do a search of what those original Greek words mean in order to see that the word word in that verse comes from rhema and not from logos and not from graphic. Because that completely changes the meaning of that verse. 100%. See, I was excited. I'm, I love this verse. And, uh, and, and now I'm, I'm just more, more settled and, and more excited about really reading the Bible in a way where I'm going to be shown areas where I'm wrong and where I can grow. And, you know, it is a lot, it is, it is a lot more work to read the word and to do these, these, these steps of interpretation but i just take a step back and i think well why am i reading this book why am i reading these words and if it's just to be entertained or just to put a check in the box to feel spiritual well i'm not reading it for the right reason anyways the word of god needs to i mean i think it's it to show the word of god some respect take your time with it that's what I think that's what we're doing here. And we're going to help people see, take your time with this. Even something as simple as reading a verse like this can take what? Five seconds. Yep. The work we did took about five minutes of researching, going into some dictionaries. But the return of investment was just exponential. Absolutely. And to just have, yeah. I mean, the, these three different words for word is, is amazing how different they are. Can you give us an overview of the damage done with this episode's verse? 
Yeah, really, really simply, we see the damages that were upsetting the doctrine of faith and the doctrine of God's nature. Which is really, that was so fun to be able to reference those episodes. Right. And now I think what this is going to do in this season is go, okay, with the strict perspective and the loose perspective, where is their doctrine off? Yeah. To go into that, there might be a lot, there might be several things, or there might be a major issue that they have in one specific piece of doctrine. So that's that was great right. to be able to break that down. Yeah, and I mean it's it it is as simple as that, and that's really what we want to what we want to emphasize here is what's the doctrine being damaged because really what these what these five steps of interpretation are going to do is they're going to help us develop better doctrine because it's really the ability to interpret scripture really comes down to, do you already have the right doctrine within you? So you and I have done work and work in years and years of studying and, and improving our doctrine and embracing God's doctrine to the point where now we're able to read verses like this, get down to the original language and it, makes sense to us pretty quickly if not immediately yeah but another but that's because we already have doctrine yeah another cool thing this will do is doing the five steps that we're going to show people with every what the fuck episode if they don't already have good doctrine it is also going to be a way to help them improve their doctrine while reading the scriptures so that's really what this is about. In this episode in particular, this verse in particular, the difference is really the difference between enabling people to think that faith is a belief in something that makes that doesn't make sense, or you're enabling people into believing that God is a God that's just in complete control and can do anything and has no limitations at all, including his nature. There's nice. no limitations. Yeah, and I... I like to remember in past episodes that when we're talking about God's doctrine, you know, what is God's doctrine? God's doctrine is his language. Right. Yeah. You know, he doesn't speak. I mean, he, he, I, I know that he can speak English and speak Arabic and, and yeah. Chinese and every language that is available, but he speaks at this doctrine level, again, referencing this verse of let there be light. Like what were those actual words that he spoke yeah. <laughs> to say, let there be light? You know, I don't, I doubt it was English. <laughs> I doubt, yeah. I, I doubt I, it. Highly. I don't know because I wasn't right. there. Yep. Um, but he's, you know, language, our language is a context. English right. is a context you know, the Greek and the Hebrew are a context and God is speaking past that. His language is truth. Yep. His language is doctrine. So when we're talking about doctrine, if people have damage with, oh my gosh, these people are all about doctrine. It's like, well, here's the way I see it. I'm trying to understand the language of God. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm trying to speak God's language. Do you not want to do that? Right. What the the language that's what I call the language of God is God's yeah. doctrine. Yeah. So that's this beautiful. is a, to me, it is it's a very beautiful thing and it's a beautiful effort 
yeah. um, for people to understand that. I'm excited about the season. I agree. It's worth it. And, and here's something I'm learning is if somebody doesn't want to talk doctrine, I'm starting to see those people as people who are not pursuing truth because we don't having God's language and being able to, what we're talking about there is being able to understand what God means when he's trying to reach us as his father, as our father, yeah. he's using words. He's use what words is he's using? He's using whatever words we have in our head, but he's, speaking at a deeper level that reaches us at this doctrine, this truth level. And from now on, like, I love the, the poetic nature of like, I'm trying to understand God's language. I'm seeing it from more of the pessimistic, like, man, if I don't want doctrine, if I don't want to talk doctrine, I might as well just admit, I don't want to, I don't want truth either. Mm. I don't want, cause they go hand in hand. Doctrine is truth. Right. And, and all doctrine is truth. Like truth is even deeper than doctrine, but there is no doctrine that is not truth. All doctrine is truth. And if I don't want doctrine, really what I'm saying is I don't want truth. And now we're getting into some scary territory. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So let's dive in. How would you handle a person who holds the man-made beliefs about this verse well jonathan as we encourage people to listen to previous episodes i take our own advice let's take a look we'll see a lot of the work we've done in the first five seasons come into play here it really depends on what they believe about this verse but here's some popular options Number one, people attempt to use this verse to prove that God is um, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. The omnis. We did a we did an episode on the omnis. Yes, we did. If somebody held that perspective, I could simply ask them, if I was the three omnis, would that make me God? And remember, we've we learned that that's a really good question because no, it wouldn't, because I'd still do wrong and unfair things. Even if I was everywhere knew everything and was all powerful i wouldn't be right all the time and i wouldn't be fair all the time and in fact being human with those three things oh yeah would be dangerous because <laughs> oh, i can tell you amplifying all of the injustice and it the would wrongs. it would yeah. it would and i'd be using those things for my own benefit right often leading to massive amounts of destruction Number two, here's another one, ultimately connected to the omnis argument. When that argument inevitably falls apart, the explanation becomes sovereignty. This is people's explanation about when, when they say something about God's nature that doesn't make sense and you ask them a question that exposes that contradiction, the answer they come up with often is, well, God's sovereign, meaning he's in complete control, he can do anything. When somebody has the sovereignty perspective about God's nature, meaning he, and their belief about that is he can do anything. That's when the simple questions come into play of, well, can God lie mm -hmm. or can God cease to exist? Or like you mentioned earlier, can God grow? These are things he can't do. Yes. 
And then another one, when we're talking God's nature and this verse, Luke 137, the conversation often goes to God is too big for us to understand. So what's it mean when we say, you know, for nothing, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. It's like, well, you know what? Let's not even bother trying to understand that. He's too big to understand. We've heard that. Yes. Really simple question. If somebody has that perspective, a really easy, simple question that I could ask is, well, how do you know if you're worshiping the right God? Hmm. Here's a fourth one. So the fourth one, now I want to touch on the faith side of this damage that's done with this verse. Yeah. Because on what we learn on the strict side with faith is people will want to say faith is proven in actions, right? You, you know, James 2.17, even so faith, if it have not works, is dead in itself. Yes, we agree. That's what the Bible says. The strict side or people who believe this verse and are abusing the faith doctrine often will say faith is proven in actions. So do the actions. And then the damage ends up with a verse like this, we can end up getting to the point where damage is being done to people where the emphasis becomes on the works instead of the cause of the works. So if somebody believed this, the faith is proven in actions, so do the actions, Jonathan. Mm -hmm. I'd respond, here's an, a one that we use so many times in the first five seasons. Ask the definition question. What's your definition of faith? Mm -hmm. Why are we talking about this without defining it first? Because that's where so many arguments and disagreements come in. We're using the same words with different definitions. And if another question you could ask this person is, wouldn't this make salvation according to works? Yeah, you're saved by grace yeah. through faith. So you're supposed to, faith is doing actions. Right. And then, you know, the verse right after you're not, saved not says of not works. of works. That's <laughs> yeah. why you'd be lucky to get an answer to Ooh. any of these questions. Man, yeah. But if you do, you're likely interacting with somebody who has a growth mindset. Mm. And if you don't, we should be okay walking away from the interaction, knowing we did something to help them. And that really, they just have shown through their behavior, they don't want our help, which is fine. That says more about them than it does about us. In fact, our ability to move on and to help somebody else shows that we're not trying to take control ourselves. And then finally, here's another one that's very much in line with uh, the God is too big to understand perspective we talked about earlier. And this one you hear a lot about with faith is faith is a belief in something that doesn't make sense. Or like in Luke 137, the King James Version, we can say, Faith is a belief in the impossible. Simple question you could ask here is, well, how do you grow your faith? The Bible talks about growing your faith. How do you grow it? <laughs> and the implication here, if you could keep having the conversation, is that you either believe more things that don't make sense or you believe more things that are impossible. <laughs> like I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about someone going okay you okay in order to grow your faith i need you to believe in santa claus yeah oh man you know what i mean like you gotta really you gotta grow your faith man 
You got to think about how how this is possible for a guy. It's on like just, just, just have faith. Just pray harder. What do you mean? <laughs> Close your eyes. Scrunch your eyes harder. Bow your head. Like yeah. really clench. The, yeah. Have it. Yeah. Have it. Have it. Yeah. Have faith. Do it. Yeah. So that's Amazing. it. I mean, we can see that, wow. you know, these are five examples just from this one verse there. I'm sure we could come up with more. And, uh, you know, but, but this, even these five were not hard to come up with. And we're still talking about a really simple verse that only took us two of the interpretation steps to come to the resolution over what the issue was. Two of five, two of five, right? Two of five. Yeah. So we're going to see, you know, the more complex the issue, the more complex the verses, you're going to see the more quantity of perspectives people can have about what they believe about these verses amazing can you remind us once more what the ultimate answer is joel yeah so first luke 137 from the king james version is for with god nothing shall be impossible we saw that just even seeing what the american standard version said helped us see part of the conflict and that one says for no word from God shall be void of power. So we see in this passage from Luke 137, when you look at what the Bible actually teaches, what the original language actually is trying to show us, it's really trying, you know, we're reading this gospel from Luke. And what we can do is we can imagine Luke writing these words inspired by the Holy Spirit, trying to encourage you, the reader, to have more faith in God not because we can't understand them, but because we can having more faith in God because he's right and just and due to him being right and just, he can't help but speak with power. When God speaks, it changes things. That is really encouraging. Yeah. You'd want him to speak to you in your life through you. You just want it all the time. Right. And then we we got a big resolution over understanding the diff, three different Greek words that are most often translated into the English word word. Graphe, the written scriptures, the what. Logos, the word that brings understanding, the why. And rhema, the spoken word from God that flows, the wisdom, the how, which we saw is grace. Wow. So you can literally take that verse and go for no rhema from God shall be void of power. Absolutely. For no revelatory and spoken word of God that brings wisdom shall be void of power. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So that sounds so good when you read it that way. I know. I feel like I'm I'm be I feel repair happening in my brain. Even hearing it read that way is reparative. I know and it just what does it do? It just it does it makes me like right now want to hear from God. God yes. what are you saying? Bring power yeah. to me and through my life. Yes. Man, Whoa. that's great. Great. And now all of a sudden that 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 verse again has power. Right. And it it's does. not a rationalization for me to hold on to tradition or for me to not understand what that translation does is it draws me back to the father. Oh, it does. Yes. Oh, 
I'm Jack. That's awesome. Yeah, thank yeah you. dude. Well, thank you, Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know. We'll see you next time.